There is a story about a stone, an ancient stone that bestows a particular power. It's not the sword and stone. The power is a little more modest than crowning the once and future king. Rather, this stone bequeaths the power of eloquent speech, the gift of the gap, if you will, but there's just one catch. You have to kiss the stone. Housed in Blarney Castle and Court, the legend of the Blarney Stone attracts hundreds of thousands of tourists every single year seeking to put that legend to the test. In spite of it, I've lived in Cork all of my life for my going on 24 years, 24 years in a month, and I've never been up there, so I figured I'd rectify that. And while there, Paul O'Sullivan, who works as part of the media team up at Flarney Castle, was kind enough to take a little time to talk to me about the castle, the captivating grounds, and of course, the Blarney Stone itself. So I hope you enjoy our little chat about the Blarney Stone. And if you're ever in Cork, go visit it. The grounds are fairly spectacular, and the stone's pretty cool too. Okay, so the castle was built in 1446, um, but it's actually the third castle that's been on the site. Um, the first one would date back to around 1100. It was a wooden structure. They destroyed that and built a smaller stone castle then around the early 1200s. But I suppose like everybody, you, everybody wants bigger and better, so they actually destroyed that stone castle and built the current structure in exactly the same place. So just literally tore it down and built a bigger one on yeah. top? literally just tore it down instead of extending onto it or something like that no complete complete destruction and start again who owned it then so the 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 gentleman that built it in 1446 was called Cormac McCarthy so it took 40 years to build and completed in 1446 the they owned the castle for a number of years and the next family to own it was the Jeffreys so they actually purchased it in the early 1700s and the cultures then inherited it through marriage so the Jeffreys had uh, a daughter, Louisa, and she married one of the Coulters and it switched families because the ruling is that it has to be passed down to the oldest son. Is that still the rule now? Yes. Charles inherited it in 2003 when his father passed away. He has a brother, James, who is a couple of years younger than him, and Charles is the owner. It's like the, it's like the royalty. It's just like lost out by a few years. Yeah, it's just the way it works. Um, you know, I suppose... I suppose, look, it's worked out for over 200 years. It hasn't, it hasn't been an issue. So, um, But James, in fairness, I think is a surgeon, so he had his own career. So I imagine yeah. it probably worked out well in that regard. He's happy enough. He's happy enough, I'd say. How long has the castle been like a, a tourist attraction? Oh, it's a good question. It's actually very difficult for us to put um, an answer to it. In terms of a place where people came to kiss the stone, I mean, you're literally going back to... 1400s, 1500s, when the tradition started. In terms of a fully functioning tourist attraction, the 1970s. And basically it got to the point where there was nearly 80,000 people a year coming to the attraction. There was no... Um, there was nothing set up here. There was no yeah. ticket office, no nothing, staff, things like that. And obviously 80,000 people is a, a substantial amount, so they had to put some sort of structure in place yeah. um, and make it a, a physical attraction that you know functions and you know the money coming in pays for staff wages and upkeep and all this kind of thing. So the early 1970s really is when it first became uh, an official attraction. So on the Blarney Stone itself, where did it come from? <laughs> okay, so there is a number of stories um, about the stone. I suppose it's something that old, you know, um, there's, there's kind of bound to be. The one that the owner and uh, the historian that we use here um, uh, kind of have come to us with is, it was an altar stone that was brought over from the Holy Land during the Crusades, and it went to Scotland, 
And the Lord of the Castle here was asked to send troops to help with the Battle of Bannockburn. So he sent 4,000 troops. And as a thank you, then the stone was cut in half and he was given half. So when he brought it back, he wanted to put it in a safe place. So he built it into the outer battlements at the very top of the castle. So that's why it's in the awkward position that everybody um, hates in terms yeah. of kissing it. Um, but it's the keystone for the wall. So it, it can't be removed. If that stone was removed, that wall would actually um, collapse. Um, and then the kissing came about really because the Lord at the time with the stone, he had a slight speech impediment. And we have a 22-acre lake here on the grounds. He was walking around that one evening as he did. And there was a woman drowning in the lake. So he jumped in, saved her from drowning. And she was the witch that lived on the grounds. Now, we have an area of the grounds here called the Rock Close. And there's actually um, the witch's stone, the witch's kitchen, and the wishing steps. And she told him that if you kiss the famous stone, it will get rid of your speech impediment. So that's where the gift of good speech or the gift of eloquence comes from. Was there much, like there's, if there's a witch on the ground, was there much like religious connotations or kind of occult connotations with the castle? Well, not so much cult, but the, the rock close, it, it's probably my favourite area of the grounds. It, it, we have a druid circle, um, we have a sacrificial altar. So in terms of pagan um, worship, yes, that area, very much so. Um, we even have a dolmen down there that dates back to around 430, 432 AD, um, so just before Christianity would have, would have come to Ireland. So that's the, where the, that area of the grounds plays a huge role in that. Obviously then after that, Christianity came, things changed, but the witch you know, played a big part in that obviously a lot later. They were still, um, I suppose, common yeah. around certain areas, but that's why she was banished to there because of it used to be a pagan settlement that's why she lived there rather than living within the castle walls. Yeah. Because the castle walls originally would have enclosed about eight acres of grounds. They wouldn't have stretched down to there. So she lived outside the walls. So when I, when I heard about the Blarney Stone, I had this idea, like there's a nice courtyard and like in the middle, you know, like the Sword in the Stone, the Disney yeah. film, something <laughs> like that. But it's, it's actually hanging uh, on a wall with like a gap between it. You actually have to... Yeah, everybody, everybody thinks, has different ideas of it. Um, some people think it's just out in a field, you know, it's yeah. just a solemn rock out in the field. Um, some people think, you know, that it's going to be down lower in the castle in one of the rooms, maybe the Great Hall or something like that. But no, it's actually 100 feet in the air. Um, it's part of the outer battlements wall. Now, originally, to kiss it, you are actually held by your ankles out over the outside of the wall. That sounds safe. <laughs> Obviously, modern times, health and safety would no way let us dangled for why we had 415,000 people last year that's just not going to happen so um, back in the early 1900s they actually cut the section of wall on the inside um, so that you could actually lie down on the floor at the top and just lean back over the gap and kiss the stone so that's why it's done in that awkward position nowadays I was reading that there was a Sherlock Holmes radio play about it once yeah but you know this is the amazing thing the stone Uh, I mean it gets so many mentions in uh, different tv shows plays um even music um one of the jobs i had to do recently actually the owner asked me to kind of um, look up sayings about the stone and kind of who said it i mean it ranged from queen elizabeth to um all the more recently conor mcgregor um you know it's been it's been it's a huge range but it it, it it's just amazing, I suppose, to us how many people actually have heard of it. Has McGregor actually been down to kiss the Blarney Stone? No, um, it was funny. It, it came about, I, I'm a big UFC fan. I was watching one of the press conferences and it was a fan Q&A and someone asked him, um, 
have you kissed the Blarney Stone? And he kind of went off going, oh, I don't believe in that. I don't need any of that um, kind of... Uh, he used colourful language, but I don't need any of that kind of stuff. Um, and he's, it, was, it was quite funny. Now, for me, looking after the media and advertising, I was delighted. I was like, this is great. So I'll put the video on our Facebook page and stuff like that. Um, but no, no. Um, I did send a letter to his management company, all right, to say uh, if Connor does change his mind... Um, he's welcome he's more than welcome him and his family are more than welcome have you ever, any, ever had any celebrities down here? the celebrity one is an interesting one as well I mean the funny thing is with, uh, with a lot of the cases they don't actually tell us they're coming beforehand um, it's funny a lot of the times we've had people come through and we hear about it afterwards so they just want to be like everybody else and come and have their day out with their family and, and not really kind of get I suppose special treatment um, more recently, um, who we had recently, Catherine Jenkins, the classical singer, has been here recently. Um, Jed Hurt, Tara Reid, um, they're the kind of more recent people. Um, Keith Barry um, has been here recently enough as well. Um, but over the years, we've had, I mean, um, the guys from Orange County Choppers, it was shown on the Discovery Channel, they were here, they were great. Um, who over the years now else have we had? Billy Connolly. Did, uh, was here did a bit of filming as well um, but it, it's amazing I mean I suppose the one actually and they didn't come that we got a lot of attention for was uh, Kim and Kanye yeah. we actually had quite a lot of press camped outside our main entrance waiting to see if they would arrive um, and interrogating staff um, <laughs> as they came and went going um, look any chance you know we could get an unofficial quote from you um, in terms of are they coming not coming are they inside already yeah um, are you opening late or opening early to accommodate all this kind of thing um, but no they, they were never coming they never showed up because they were no. doing their like random tour of Ireland yeah they were doing the random tour of Ireland and you know I mean something like that would obviously have something prearranged but you know as I kind of said to the staff look if you're asked anything just keep saying no comment no comment because I think it's one of those things if you start going out and, uh, and leaking kind of things to the press and you know celebrities see that they're not going to come then they're not going to come back so look wait till afterwards then maybe you can you can say something but not before you know um but something like that that big that would be done after hours yeah you know with no one around no one around give them the place to themselves i mean that's very possible here it's a private estate so we can once we close you know um like this time of year now it's six o'clock it goes back to a private estate we have a number of people renting on the grounds here and things like that so things like that are very are very possible so even like the gardens are spectacular. Yeah, we've done we've done a huge amount of work. Um, the last oof, the last five six years in particular. Um, I mean we can't do much with the castle. I mean it, there's a bit of a preservation order there, so you're you're very limited. We can just pr- pretty much do maintenance and repairs. That's about it. We wouldn't want to add anything to it. We get asked a lot, why don't we put a roof on it or put the floors back in? No, we, we're quite happy the way it is. But the gardens we can we can literally do what we like, and we're very lucky. We have. Um, very good head gardener um, Adam Whitbourne um, and he's a great staff of about 10 to 12 and they've done some great things I mean uh, new additions in the last number of years the poison garden's probably been the biggest one that was probably about 6 or 7 years ago um, we got a lot of press for that at the start because poison garden 70 different types of poisonous plants and yeah. anything in a cage you can't touch eat or smell and one of the cages we had uh, cannabis plants and um local guards weren't happy about that <laughs> and came and removed it and we had quite a lot of press here at the RT News were here they did an interview with Adam and a lot of the papers had a headline that was um, Blarney stoned 
<laughs> didn't didn't take long to come up, come up with that one. But we actually, do you know what? In the end, uh, we actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, we're looking here. We've quite we've got quite a good sense of humour because our attraction's quite light-hearted. It's not meant to be yeah. a serious thing. So, but the gardens are great. I mean, the fern garden spectacular here. The whole rock close um, mm. is is amazing. Um, we added a new garden uh, last year, the Garden of the Seven Sisters, which has a, a stone circle that we created. Um, and, you know, it's great because they're, they're adding new stuff every year. So um, it's, um, it's pretty impressive. I mean, the funny thing is nowadays, the gardens could be a standalone attraction themselves if, if we went that way. But, um, you know, it's great to have the castle sitting in the middle of it. Yeah, so kind of the stone and the castle draws people in and then the garden kind of keeps them? Well, this is the thing. I suppose people come here thinking, oh, it's just a stone and a castle and they think, oh, it'll be a little walk up and walk back. Yeah. But, you know, we normally recommend about two to three hours to get a good portion of the grounds done. Um, so it's great. People get quite a big surprise, especially if they haven't really done a little bit of research of what we have and looked ahead. Um, I suppose the unfortunate thing is some of maybe some of the tour companies, you know, they're very limited time and, um, especially during the summer if it's busy there can be a little bit of a queue so they don't get time then to see the gardens which is a little bit of a shame but no the gardens have been fantastic and still loads of work being done every year you know adding to adding new things every year you've got to I mean there's so many wonderful attractions in Cork nowadays um, you've got to keep reinventing yourself otherwise you know you're going to get left behind yeah so the majority you said you had 400,000 people last year uh, 415 so um, that was up from 391,000 the previous year. Would most of them be like international? Yeah, so the you're looking at about 40% is American. So we rely heavily on the American market. The next biggest market then is the UK. So you're looking at about 15%. And then Ireland is next, 11, 11%, 11%, 12%. And then you have you've quite a tight bunch in then of like Germany, Spain, Australia, Canada. They're all quite close together, same percentages. Yeah. Do you get many people who actually like actively believe in the legend? A lot of people do. I would nearly say, nearly say, a good proportion do. Um, we get a lot of people um, where talking is a big part of their job. So maybe they might be a solicitor, or they might have a big presentation in work or something like that, and they'll actually tell the lads at the top, going, "This is why I'm here to kiss," and yeah. things like that, um, which is great. But most people do. I mean, of of the four hundred odd thousand people that kiss it. A large proportion kiss it. I would say nearly you're looking at ninety percent plus kiss the stone, hmm. which is which is great. So before we go, your your final pitch for for people who are on the fence, or even people who might be around Cork, even in Cork, because you can get the the, the number two fifteen out of the city yeah, right up here. Yeah. So your final pitch to people who who are on the fence about coming up here. Look, I think I, I think the thing people just think it's the castle, and yes, look, the castle is fantastic, and we have the stone, and, and that's the star of the show. But trust me, come out. The gardens will blow you away. Um, no matter what age you are, whether you have ki- whether it's kids or it's it's adults, um, literally the gardens will blow you away. We have so much stuff here, especially now the next couple of months because the colour on all the the plants and the trees here is starting to really pop. Um, so May is a fantastic month for the gardens. Um, I saw some cherry blossoms on the way in. Yeah, yeah, cherry blossom. They won't last much longer now. Unfortunately, if we get a um, if we get a lot of wind, they they, they don't tend to last long. But our rhododendron here, it's one of the biggest in the country. We have beautiful azalea beds going up towards the house. We have a jungle border, which is just outside the window here. Um, we have a 90 metre long herbaceous border, which has a wooden kind of trellis and has roses wrapped around it. Um, so it's absolutely spectacular. 
as I spend the large portion of my afternoon wandering around Blarney Castle and the accompanying gardens and as a cow across this river is actually kind of staring me down I want to thank Paul and everyone here for, for taking the time to talk to me for taking the time to extol the virtues of this wonderful place and tell its story if you are ever in the Cork area or if you're ever coming to Ireland or the south of Ireland make sure you take some time to drop down to Blarney Castle it's 20 minutes outside the city on the bus you literally have no excuse I've lived in Cork for 24 years and I haven't come so really what do I have to preach but I was wrong thoroughly wrong not to come down here Again, thank you to everyone at Blarney Castle for taking the time to talk to me. If you'd like to hear more podcasts today, you can visit soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can get every episode of podcast today, every single day. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search TWSKK, and episodes go up on YouTube. So, that's the kind of thing to float your boat. As I stand next to a river, which would literally float a boat. If you want to come on the show, or if you want to comment on anything, email me at garrettkidney at gmail.com. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y at gmail.com. Or hit me up on Twitter, at garrettkidney standing here by a river in Blarney Castle staring out at the scenery thanks for listening and bye bye seriously that cow is staring me down